0: To the What Feels You podcast, my name is Emily, and I am your lovely host. And if you've been listening for a while, you have definitely heard me say that over and over and over again. But if you are brand new, hi, welcome to the show. If uh, you want to know a little bit more about me, um, you can find all of that on my blog at emilyelizabeth.blog and uh, I will spare you the whole elevator pitch of who I am. (laughs) But um, before we begin, I do just kind of want to talk about life in general right now, honestly, because typically I previously did a gratitude section within my intro and I used to kind of give life updates within my intros and if you've been listening for a while uh, you probably know I have not done that anytime recently but because it's been a while I just I just want to kind of come out and say I hope you guys are in a good headspace right now and I hope wherever you are in this world that you are feeling good and Whatever it is that you are going through, whether it's related to school, a job, personally, mentally, family, whatever, I hope you know that I am also going through struggles as well and we always all are, honestly, right? So just uh, keep that in mind. We're going to get through this. I don't want to be all, you know, cliche, happy-go-lucky, but I really do just want to say I hope you guys are doing well and um truthfully i love having conversations with you guys so if you ever feel the need to send me a dm or just want to get insight from me with whatever is going on in life please feel free to send me a dm because i really am that kind of person i love to chat with you guys and connect there's a lot of things going on this month in this month of july if you are listening at the active level i guess so today I started this July challenge, and obviously, July is like kind of a week in already, but basically, I realized I have not been really upkeeping my previous habits. And one of those habits is simply reading in the morning before I start my day. I remember when I was in a really tough time, my junior year of college. I did this and it really just shifted my day, my mindset and just how I think of things. And I noticed because life has been a little bit more complacent lately, you know, job is steady, everything is steady, aside from the fact that the world is going through a freaking pandemic. (laughs) <laughs> um, I just haven't been really upkeeping those habits that forced me to grow, force me to get out of my comfort zone. So for that reason, I shared with Julia, my intern, actually, uh, before I announced the challenge on the Instagram stories that this is what I was doing. I was getting back into doing this. So, you know, whatever time I go to my workout, which is sometimes six 30, sometimes seven, whatever time it is, I have to wake up probably like an hour before. So let's say I'm working out at 7. Now I have to wake up at 6 instead of like 6.30, 6.20 because I have to squeeze in at least 15, 20, 30 minutes of reading no matter what. And I decided to publicly announce this on the Instagram podcast. And oh, by the way, I, I have heard when you do something like that, it kind of keeps you more accountable. It's like a psychology thing. So that's like a perk for me. But on top of that, I was like, you know, why not just have everyone in this community try to do it as well? So that is the current July challenge. If you are intrigued, want to be a part of it, there's actually a prize at the end for those who are participating. So just check it out in the Instagram highlights. And it doesn't matter if you're listening and it's like July 20th. I don't care. Still do the challenge. It's fun. And I will be actually having two Zoom community hangouts/slash conversations. Um, one like midway through the challenge, and then one at the very end of the month. So uh, just be posted on the Instagram podcast, uh, the podcast Instagram, because all of the info is there. And like I said, I have the July challenge highlights up. So if you want to participate, it's there. I'll be posting whatever book I'm reading every single day. And if you're doing it, I hope you guys are tagging me or the podcast Instagram so that we can reshare it and that way I can keep tabs on who's doing it. So whoever it is gets the prize at the end. So I'm going to start rambling on that, but yeah, check it out on the Instagram. And then also today's another special day because aside from the July challenge I decided to implement today, I also released a very fun Video, I guess is how I'd put it. Um, Essentially, this is a project that a very dear friend of mine, Tiffany, and I uh, decided to do during quarantine. I think we filmed this maybe, I want to say like six weeks ago now. And uh, this is essentially Forbes-inspired from their series of relentless for a lot of like founders and CEOs and kind of just showing a day in their life. And so her being a aspiring videographer, and she wants to go in that path in the future, we decided to kind of link up and partner together on this project as well. And she wanted to do a lot of directing and creative ideas. And I wanted to kind of put a little input in it as well and get some of my creative juices flowing. So I released essentially a very uh, realistic but fun um, creative video of a day in my life on my YouTube channel which is linked in the show notes or just go to my Instagram blog wherever and you'll find a link somewhere there or just simply you know look up my name I don't know but it's there Uh, check it out it's a really short and sweet video and I'm very excited that's finally out today because Well, we've been working on it for quite a while, and we've had a lot of back and forth editing, music, audio touch-ups, voiceovers, whatever, Um, so it was quite a project, but we put a lot of hard work into it, and we're just trying to get the creative juices flowing during quarantine, so um, yeah, check it out if you're interested. So moving on to today's guest, I have Maya Fleming on the podcast today, and this was a really fun conversation because I truly learned a lot about her and kind of the perspective of another person who is also my age and also has very similar aspirations. And I got to learn how her mindset has shaped her approaches to her current career, her life and, you know, what she has envisioned in the next few years. So, a little bit about her, she graduated from Georgetown last year in 2019, which is also when I graduated. And she is originally from Arkansas, so she is uh, residing in kind of the D.C. area now, but she was not originally from there. And like me, she also works a nine-to-five job, but she also has her own podcast, which is called Gentler Podcast, and I was actually on it last week, so you guys can check it out there if you wanted to hear me answer some questions for once. And uh, yeah, we just really have a thorough conversation on kind of, um, you know, how she went through the process of going to Georgetown and the things that she experienced to get her there. Because let me just say, she originally did not want to go to Georgetown. And she wanted to find every single reason in the book to not go there. And I think a primary lesson I learned from our conversation is that there are so many times in life that we think we know what's best for us or we think we already know the decision and life will catch you by surprise. And oftentimes it can be really good. So I think this is just really, a again, I hate to overuse this, but awesome conversation and a great one to listen to if you are a little bit younger than us or maybe around our age as well, because I know we talk a lot about topics revolving around kind of getting to the stage we're at right now which is a year out of postgrad. So if that applies to you or if you are just, you know, remotely curious about the things we talk about, then just keep listening. Maya, thanks for joining me today. I know we were able to chat on your podcast last week, but now it's our turn to have a little conversation on mine.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I've been looking forward to this.
0: Yay, this is so fun. Well, Let's get started with uh, the basics, as we all know. How about share a little bit about yourself, where you're from, where you're currently at, where you went to school, the, the fun, unique facts.
1: Yeah, so I'm Maya Fleming. Um, I'm from Arkansas originally. I had like a, a stint in Texas growing up there too, but I was born and mostly raised in Arkansas. Um, went all the way to DC to go to college at Georgetown and then just graduated last May, or I guess May 2019 rather. Um, And I've been in the area since then, Um, working and putting together Gentler, which is my podcast and brand. I really needed a creative outlet afterwards. And I've been doing internet things since probably like middle school, like blogging and YouTube and all of that. But Gentler was like the first time that I really every step of the way was intentional because I just really needed it. And it was like the first time in my life where I just needed like an outlet, like hardcore, just because post-grad life was way different than what I was expecting. And I just needed like, I don't know if I want to call it like coping mechanisms, but I guess along those lines, like I needed something to kind of pick everything back up.
0: Mm -hmm. Was there a pivoting point maybe growing up or in college that you felt always inclined to focus on a topic like
1: self-care for your podcast. Um, yes. So, growing up, I'll say I always just liked doing like pamper things and all that like just kind of I don't know, I've always been kind of introverted, so I was very comfortable with the idea of hanging out by myself, whether that meant, you know, having a movie night or just making my space very comfortable. So, I've always really loved comfort, but I would say I had a pivoting point in making self-care intentional and practical um, when I was studying abroad back in 2018, I believe. Um, I had gone to Australia, and the day before, or a few days before I left, maybe I had this terrible migraine, and it was a whole slew of events. But it turned out to have like an issue with my eye, and that cost a lot of money, like getting that checked out and somewhat corrected, and all of that. So now I'm in Sydney. My family's in arkansas and texas i have no money i've had to go into like every bit of savings that i have and i can't get a job like it seemed like everything was going wrong and so i was just like so so down on myself and didn't have the energy to go to class didn't have the energy to do anything and so i realized like i am not going to be able to do good things for myself if i don't feel good in myself like i'm gonna have to just take a moment and have some real self care and get down to the bottom of it so that I have the energy and the motivation to make more money. And I ended up starting a business in Australia and like going to class. And that at least took my mind off of the fact that everything was going wrong. I just had like a a shift in thinking of like, okay, I don't have to figure out what to do from all these hours because I get to just go and sit and learn and that's my job for right now. Just go Mm -hmm. and like be somewhere and gleam off someone else's knowledge. And I have skills in my own, at my own disposal that I can use to generate some type of income just to at least get me by. But I never would have had that realization if I hadn't focused instead on like at least getting myself into a positive mood so I could think mm-hmm. from a positive place.
0: So you also agree, because I believe this as well, that your energy And that internal way of thinking and that mindset really does have a huge impact on the external things, like how you're performing at work or how you're performing at school. Is that something you align with? Uh,
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, when I think back at what changed before having the shift and not like nothing really changed besides my mindset, like I didn't Mm. suddenly receive more money out of anywhere. I didn't get like a job. I didn't, nothing, nothing tangible really changed. So it had to Mm -hmm. have been all mindset. Was there a book
0: or something specific, you know, obviously the broad, you know, helpful tool was self-care, but was there something specific that did kind of propel you into obviously having more interest in self-care today?
1: Um, I will say, and I I say, and I I want everyone to take this with a grain of salt because I've kind of like stepped away. But I think the thing that really kind of motivated me into all of this was law of attraction and like studying that. And it's not that I don't agree with the law of attraction. I definitely think it's real. And I think when people kind of get down at the bottom of it, they've heard a lot of the concepts before already. It's kind of like ingrained in the way that we think, even if we haven't put it in those frames. Um, I will say I've kind of moved away from the manifestation space as far as like the Mm. online, like content creators and all of that. Like there's just a lot going on where I don't necessarily agree a lot of the time, but I will say that's probably the, I was really obsessed with watching manifestation gurus on YouTube and like watching things like The Secret and reading like manifestation law of attraction books. And I Mm -hmm. think at the very least it got me to understand the power of mindset Mm
0: -hmm. and understanding
1: the way I can just kind of like shift into a new form of thinking.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So just to backtrack really quick to this experience you had, uh, that pivoting moment, was this in college or high school? I, I didn't college, catch that. In college, yeah. College. Okay. Mm-hmm. What year were you? A junior. Junior. Okay. So you were a junior at Georgetown, but studying abroad? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And, uh, this was, how long was your studying abroad experience for six months or a semester, I'm assuming? Yeah, it was like six months. Okay. How did it feel being away from obviously the US and obviously your comfort zone? But what was that like for you? Because I always wished I studied abroad and I would have, if I had more time, I transferred universities halfway. I went from UC Irvine to Chapman University. So I didn't really have enough time slash credits to spare Mm -hmm. to study abroad and graduate in four years so that was something I always wish I did but I do love asking people about their experience because even the kids I see in college today some of them hesitate to study abroad because it's out of their comfort zone they're not going to be with their normal friends or sorority or whatever it is so what is your mindset or what was your mindset going into
1: studying abroad? Yeah, I was super excited. Like, I never was really, and I I realized after the fact, a lot of people were surprised by that. Like, my family and stuff, they were just kind of like, you're just going to go to Australia? And I'm like, yeah, like, I can't wait. Like, and I was a low-income student, so I was able to have the whole trip paid for, and it wasn't, like, taking away from any of my time. Like, I was able to earn all my credits the way I normally would have. It didn't contribute to my GPA, like, as, as regular, but it was still fine. Like, it was all worth it to me, so I wasn't, like... I never had a moment of being nervous. I, mm. like, And that was a shock for everyone. And looking back, it, it's kind of surprising to me now because I was nervous going to college and nervous like starting post-grad life, but going literally across the globe to Australia for six months. I never had like a moment of being nervous. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I was going to a westernized country. Um, I wasn't really having to face a language barrier, anything like that. So that definitely contributed to it. Um, I would say once I got there, there were some moments of like, oh my God, I'm in Australia. Like my family's like so far away, especially dealing with a health issue. As soon as I got there, it was kind of like, like I had a night, like where I spent most of the night in the hospital because of it. And I'm like, I don't even know how, like what my family's process of getting here would be. Mm -hmm. Like that, that kind of stuff made me like very aware of the fact that I was so far away, but Mm -hmm. leading up to it, I was so excited to go. I couldn't wait. Like it was just uh, I, like, I wish I could go back, honestly, and just relive mm-hmm. like that moment and those moments before going because it was just so great for me.
0: Yeah. And I'm also curious, too, what was your experience like at Georgetown, or if you do recall kind of your process in choosing Georgetown and how you applied to it? I asked just because, A, um, last year, actually precisely a year ago, I did consider applying and attending Georgetown Mm -hmm. for law school. Mm -hmm. And now obviously we've, you know, we've, I think we can both tell both of us are kind of more entrepreneurial. We, we prefer to do our own thing. And I think that's kind of the main uh, factor in, in hindering my decision in going to law school because I love law, but I think I'm too, Freelancy, like I, yeah. I don't think I like as much structure that a law program has and becoming a lawyer has. So um, I love Georgetown, though. I visited the campus last year around this time of year. Actually, it was very close to July Fourth, and I do wish I applied there for undergrad. I'm from the I'm from Pennsylvania, so like two right. and a half hours away. Yeah. But that was part of the reason because I was like, oh, I don't want to go that close to home. And I went all the way to Southern California, so I want to hear what your experience is in case there is anyone who you know is remotely curious about going to Georgetown in the
1: future. Yeah, so it was interesting, really. I did not want to go to Georgetown at all. Um, mm, I went okay. to, so I, I'm i from Arkansas, like I said, and my original high school was the type of school where everyone goes from kindergarten to 12th grade, and, like, no one leaves the town. Like, everybody, mm. the school hangs, like, the graduating class pictures in the hallway. So, like, literally, if you walk throughout the hallway, like, my friends and I'd be like, oh, there's your grandma, and there's your mom, there's your aunt, there's your mm. uncle. So, like, everyone just kind of stays there, and it's very... Friday Night Lights and all of that. And I ended up leaving for my junior and senior year to go to a boarding school a couple, a few hours away. Um, and just kind of, I wanted a little bit more of an academic challenge and, mm. and that kind of, and I've always wanted to go to boarding school so badly. Like, I, I, I think I've just always been obsessed with the idea of going to a new place and like living there and all of that. So right. I was so excited, but I really missed like the the hometowny like feeling that was at my regular school like the football games and all that I've been a cheerleader like all all those years and I really miss that so I wanted to go to state school I wanted to go to University of Arkansas or University of Texas and just do that but my mom was really selling me applying to Georgetown and I was like I don't want to go to Georgetown like I don't want to do that um I actually called them one day like applying and I was like yeah so um the SAT is that required because like it, in the south the SAT isn't as like popularized like people usually take the ACT mm-hmm. so I hadn't yep, taken it that. and I didn't I didn't really want to and they were like it's not required but it's strongly recommended and I was like okay well if it's not required I'm not doing it and like in my <laughs> mind I'm like "Now I'm definitely not going to get in I won't have to go to Georgetown mm-hmm. uh, which is so like wild to think like that I mm. was like actively <laughs> trying not to get into a, a really great school but I got in, it was really surprising for me, and I was so excited, Um, but then money became an issue, and I didn't think I'd be able to afford it, so I kind of like made all these reasons why I didn't want to go to Georgetown, like, oh, it's too boring, I want to go to football games, and all of that. I tell people, actually, um, you, you bring it up, like, your story made me remember. I was like, I think it'd be a good place to go to law school or something. Like, I don't think, like, <laughs> I want to go to undergrad at a place like Georgetown, but at the time, I wanted to study law afterwards. Um, oh, that's funny. And so, yeah, like, <laughs> I, I have since moved from that but for the same reasons as you, but, um, yeah, so I actually, because I was low-income, um, they flew me out to go visit campus for free one weekend, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to go for a free trip to DC. Like, it's just going to mm-hmm. be fun. And it sounds so cliche, but the moment, like I have my suitcase and I've gotten off the shuttle from the airport and I'm walking through the gates and I'm like, oh my God, like, I love it here. Like, I've been there for like maybe <laughs> five seconds. So I was like, I have to figure out how the hell I'm going to go to this school. Like, I can't like, I can't walk away, like not knowing I'm coming back here in the fall. Mm. So I was in the financial aid office with like, they laughed at me because I had notebook and pens with like, the questions I had written out, so I wouldn't forget uh-huh. what to ask while I was there. Yeah. And they were like, "Did you write down your questions?" I'm like, "Yeah, I just want to make sure I have all the details." Um, right. And yeah, it was like everyone worked with me, and it was really great. And I was able to get enough like scholarships and and um, grants and stuff to go. So it was really, mm-hmm. really great. Um, I, I, I there was just a feeling I was like, I have to be here mm-hmm. for sure. And then since then, I mean, I think any college you go to, you're going to find some faults in it. And Georgetown Mm -hmm. definitely has its faults for sure. Um, But I think I also was really blessed to find a great community of friends that Mm -hmm. I stuck with and that, you know, all happened to stay in this area afterwards and that have been really close to me since then. So Mm -hmm. I think that was like my saving grace. Freshman year was tough, but after that, Mm -hmm. like, I think I really just found my stride and it was a good experience. Mm
0: -hmm. What did that, experience teach you in that how you had the bias against Georgetown and then suddenly it shifted in five seconds just merely yeah. being off the plane what do you think in hindsight now I'm sure you were what 17 18 mm-hmm. at the time getting off the plane and now we're both 23 obviously much more mature and older and wiser so looking back how do you see that as a learning lesson and what would you advise to anyone that's 17 or 18 right now listening yeah in in maybe being more open to something like that like we always think we know what's best for ourselves and oftentimes we do but then we do shock ourselves as well so I want to hear your thoughts on that
1: yeah I'll say two things um one don't say no until you've seen something like if you if you can like obviously not everyone has the opportunity to go visit every college they apply mm-hmm. to but if you have the opportunity opportunity there go and take it like the weekend I went to Georgetown to visit was the weekend of my senior prom. And I was like, you know, like my senior prom will be a great experience, but a weekend at Georgetown could potentially be life-changing. And it was because I would have been in Arkansas. And like my mom was like, Hey, she, you want to go? And I'm like, yeah, like this is going to affect my life. And like prom is like, you know, we'll have lifelong memories, but the, this, the the direction of my life isn't going to change that much afterwards. Mm. Um, And I will say I had been able to go to prom the year before, so I got to experience and all that. But I will, if you have the opportunity to see something, just see it with your own eyes because I didn't, I didn't even know, like I was coming up with all these stories about like why I didn't want to go to Georgetown and basing it off of this idea I had and I didn't even have anything to base that off of. Um, And then the second thing, a lot of the excuses I made for why I didn't want to go to Georgetown was because I just was trying to make up for the fact that I didn't feel like I could afford it. Um, and it was like money mindset and a lot of that. And so I would say, if you can think about like, and I try to do that now where I think if money wasn't an issue, how would I feel about it then? Mm. Like if money wasn't the issue here, if I could fully afford to go to Georgetown, now how do I feel about it? And that like, for me, I noticed that changes so many things. Like once the financial aid told me like, oh yeah, like we can totally put together a package to make it work for you. And I was like, oh,
0: well
1: now I guess I should go back and ask like that alum I spoke to this morning about their experience and all that, like, I just closed off so many things because I didn't see myself as someone who could afford to be there. Mm -hmm. And then I think just being on campus shifted it, shifted my mind to thinking, like, you're on campus, something in you was enough to get you to this point. Don't be the one who shuts it down for -hmm. this point afterwards. Like, don't tell yourself no, like, I would have much rather, like, planned on going and had financial aid tell me We can't do anything for you because at least, Mm -hmm. like, I did all my efforts, but I realized up until that point I hadn't. And I'm so glad that things worked out the way that they did. I didn't screw it up for myself completely. But like I said, I was actively working against going to Georgetown. I would have really missed out on a huge part of my life. So, money mindset definitely was a huge component in that.
0: Wow. Okay. I have a lot of questions off of that. (laughs) So, first off, I have to commend you for at the age of 18, being willing to give up senior prom to go and, you know, to recognize at that age and that level of thinking that you visiting Georgetown for this weekend could be more impactful to you long-term than attending senior prom. Because trust me, I have to say too, I have the same mindset, but that would have been a tricky
1: decision for me. I would have been hard. It was hard. Yeah. I don't want anyone to think like I was just like so smart. Like it was hard. I was like, oh my God. But I... They, I applied to Georgetown early action. So they invited me for the early actions, mm. the weekend, but I had gotten a free trip to Spain and I was like, well, I'm not going to miss that to go to Georgetown. Yeah. And then it was the second time they reached that, and I was like, well, I have to go. I have to go.
0: Yes. Yeah. But it was wow. definitely hard. Good for you. And then obviously now you get to reap the rewards. You've seen how much that has impacted you, but I guess I want to ask now as well, um, you know what did you when you spoke to the alum right and 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 just kind of understanding the the school community um what was kind of i guess the the ultimate thing that sold you on georgetown because i know you hesitated and then you felt it when you came to dc in itself but what was the ultimate factor that sold you on georgetown and, and do you apply that kind of decision making to other things in life
1: yeah so i think the thing that really attracted me to georgetown was the same thing that attracted me to boarding school, just being in a community of learners, like people who made the decision to be in that space versus other ones because they just want to learn and and know more than what they know at their current stage. And I think mm-hmm. I had always been kind of looking for people, I guess, like growing up in my original school, it was super tiny. So it wasn't uncommon for someone like me to be cheerleading captain, but also on the quiz bowl team and like all that, like mm-hmm. a lot of the, the stereotypical groups kind of like meshed together. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was, I was used to doing like both sides, but I often was kind of worried about like being ridiculed for like wanting to study and like wanting to read a chapter ahead in our science book and all of that. And i um, just kind of being nerdy, I guess. So I think I, I love the fact that Georgetown kind of, it was like a community of people who wanted to be there so that they can learn. And whatever you know rigor that they were met with they were ready to face it um and I think like now when it comes to decision making um I always at like anytime I apply to a job or anything like that if I can get my hands on someone who has worked there works there currently like I love um speaking to people who have had the experiences I'm trying to go after um I spent my senior year spring break in New York just going on interviews like all day for the whole week just mm-hmm. talking to people at different places like Spotify and Soul Cycle and Chobani yogurt and like all like those different like businesses and stuff like I just wanted to talk to people who were there so I can at least see like and even if you just tell me positive things like mm-hmm. being able to maybe read your body language and just getting like some type of information I think there's so right. much to be said for um speaking to people who have who are already there because that way you can you, you know you might be coming in with you know, not a ton of information, but you're not going in completely blindly. So, I always try to do that. Um, I also love to be in places where people are striving to learn and like it seems like that they're they're trying to find innovative um, things and decisions and all of that. And I think mm-hmm. I also got that from Georgetown. If I can feel like people are in a space and just really trying to come up with great ideas and really create something amazing, and I like I I love that type of energy.
0: Mhm. So it's 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 really about being around like-minded people then, right? Mm-hmm. It's like being around people that have similar or same values or similar goals whether that's a personal goal but revolving around that constant learning or constant improving and I think I agree with you as well. I mean, I I'm sure you've heard this quote but it's something along the lines of you are the average of the f- the five people yeah. you are around the most and I think that's something I agree as well where when I look at places I want to be or, you know, work environments. I look at the people I'd be surrounded by every single day, Mm -hmm. you know, the the five days out of the seven days, it's like, are these people aligned with you? Are these people striving to be better, like the way you want, or are they stagnant? And are you okay with being stagnant? Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that's uh, such a good point to point out, but I'm also curious as well. You mentioned the money mindset thing and how that Almost hindered you from, or almost prevented you from going to Georgetown. So, I guess, what is your learning experience from that as well? Because I think I have heard myself so many people out there who always think with that that money uh, mindset as well, where they think that money is going to prevent them from doing things, and and of course that is a reality. But I do think people kind of completely shut options out. And limit themselves because of the self-limiting belief. Like, you know, it's like, hey, I don't have the money to do it. Like, it's going to be a no, right? Um, but what's your take on it now? After these past few years and being in college, being at Georgetown, I know it's, it's a private university, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you also have seen people who are there who do have, you know, funds from their family right. and, and, and seeing that. So what's what's your mindset about that?
1: Yeah, so I... Um since then, like money mindset has been like a recurring theme in my life. And like, oh, like I've had several life lessons surrounding it. And it's like, okay, at this point, I feel like I have enough experiences to at least come up with an idea for myself. Um, and I think the biggest things I've learned um, would be like, even if I don't have, well, one, I want to make sure that I'm completely aligned with the purchase. And mm-hmm. whether that be like an experience, an item... The college that I'm going to something I want to really feel in my heart that this is where I need to be and I want to like meditate on that for a little while like you know make sure that I'm completely aware because sometimes my mind will trick me into thinking things and thinking like you know like I before when I was coming up with a million reasons why I didn't want to go to Georgetown I was really like believing a lot of them like it's not a good place to go to undergrad like that's a, a grad school kind of place like what does that even mean but like I, mm-hmm. I really like honestly believed that so you know spending some time thinking about like you know how do you feel about this university? Why do you feel that way? And then just keep going deeper, like why, 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 until Mm -hmm. maybe at the base of it, you understand the decision a little bit better. Um, And two, like, just because money isn't like present to you doesn't mean it's not available. And, Mm. you know, I learned that like going Mm. to financial aid, I just had no concept of like, and my parents went to college, but for whatever reason, a lot of that information didn't really get passed down in the same way. And like, I didn't have any knowledge about like FAFSA and any of that. And they didn't really know how to help me on it. So I had no idea that you could literally have all of your money that you need for college funded through need-based scholarships and grants. And if I hadn't just understood that it might be available, I would have never asked. So knowing Mm -hmm. that money is available... Um, And I had a recent moment, like I have a puppy, she's walking around right now. And before, like I got her a few months ago and I've been wanting a dog for forever. And I was like, oh, but I don't like, I can't justify like using that money just out of my bank account. And so I had to think, okay, how can I make this money available? So I wrote an ebook, I sold it and, you know, worked hard to sell the, the amount that I would need to purchase the dog and all of that. And it was just like, money is, is around and there we have a lot of collection of skills even if I'll say the third money mindset um tip that I always like my mom told me a while ago always have something that you can pawn and so like she meant mm-hmm. something like a wedding ring or something like that like something mm-hmm. nice that you can just like sell off and I think that's probably like some Arkansas trash advice but it was <laughs> useful because like even if you don't have a physical item like have a skill that you can do like I like got by so long just doing social media management and like Pinterest management and things like that, like figuring out ways that I can fill the gap with between what like where I want to be and where I am. Um, even if the money doesn't seem to be present at the moment, how can I make it come to me? How can I mm-hmm. how can I do that? And I think a lot of like where people get wrong like the law of attraction, and manifestation, all that is thinking that if you wish for something, it'll come to you. And To an extent, it will, but there's a lot of action that needs to go into that. Like, what can you do to go and get what you want? Like, can you put together an ebook? Can you go and, you know, drive Uber or do whatever? And a lot of the stuff is not fun and it's not easy. And I think that's where the self-care component comes in for me. Like, how can I do this in, like, the most enjoyable way? But there's always a way. Like, if you want something, like, there is all – I've been in too many dicey situations and I had to, like – that's the biggest lesson I've learned – there's always a way to the other side you just have to Mm. figure it out find it
0: I couldn't agree more and it's funny because hearing the more you talk about your past and your experience it reminds me bits of mine as well where same thing I also wrote an ebook I have also done so many part-time jobs during college even though my parents technically didn't want me to because they wanted me to focus on academics Mm -hmm. which is not to be biased but I think it's a traditional Asian thing. (laughs) Just just putting, just being really honest there. But, um, you know, I remember telling them, no, I want to make sure I have side money for myself whenever I want to eat out or whenever i want to just buy like a nice shirt that i like you know so i did sim- similar things to you i did i i tutored which was supposed to be a babysitting job and they essentially wanted me to tutor their kids instead mm-hmm. they were like you know just a more affluent family who wanted to make sure their kids were on top of things and i was did it for 4 years i coached figure skating part time for 4 years or i still coach actually and wrote an ebook during quarantine like i've done that all that as well mm-hmm. and i and i think that's a huge theme of this podcast is that you know, anything that you want really is attainable. You have to just be willing to do it. I even applied to be a Postmates driver, I think like last summer and I ended up not doing it, but you know, I have my own mm-hmm. business and that's how much, that's how, you know, how willing I was to go, to go and find ways to do it. And I think there are so many people that do complain or do make excuses, but It's nice. I have heard feedback from people who listen to this podcast and say, hey, just by hearing stories from real life people who are close in age, it does give me like a little bit more hope or it gives kind of like that light at the end of the tunnel. So I'm glad that you shared your experience with that as well.
1: Yeah. And I I think a lot of it too is just, like you said, like people like being aware of the stories, like you not knowing what's possible and not knowing that Mm -hmm. you can strive for different things. So I think that's great. Like what you're doing, putting together all these stories in one Mm -hmm. outlet so people can, can learn from them.
0: Yeah. So I want to shift gears and talk more about Gentler and your podcast and the brand and really how it came about. So can we start kind of from the beginning? When did the concept really begin?
1: Yeah. So I would say it really began in 2018. Um, I was, I'd been on YouTube for like technically a few years at that point, but it wasn't really going anywhere. And I was like, okay, I need to like niche down. And I was like, what do I really like talking about? And I really like talking about personal development, self-care, that kind of stuff. Um, So I started making YouTube videos about it and they weren't really going anywhere. Um, It wasn't really happening. So after a few weeks, or not a few weeks, after a few months of like posting consistently, I just kind of stopped a little bit. And at this point, I'm also having this like crisis in Australia. And I'm just like, okay, what's going on? What am I going to do? And I think the moment that I realized I come on to something was, um, so the first episode of Gentler, I talk about this like mindset shift I had. And like, basically what we've talked about here on this show um, in my experience, but I had promised to put that story up somewhere. Like in 2018, mm-hmm. I was like, I just had a moment at the grocery store um, where, and at this point I had to like budget my money down to the pennies. Cause I'm like, I don't have any extra money. Like I'm barely mm-hmm. like collecting and making what I need to eat off of and all that. So I'm grateful, but you know, not anything to play around with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd gone to the grocery store and um, at, I I realized that I, when it was anytime I'd gone beforehand, everything had been discounted heavily for some type of sale. So everything was way more expensive than what I was thinking. Um, and luckily I just had enough extra money to like go ahead and get everything I needed. So I get on my Instagram stories and I'm like, y'all, I just have this moment of like, I'm recognizing I'm going through like a mindset shift of like, my first thought was, I'm so glad I can, so happy and so grateful I can afford it when normally it would have been, oh my God, how am I going to make it through? Like everything Mm. was way more expensive than I was thinking. And so I was like, okay, like, you know, like, like this poll or whatever, if you think, if you want me to put up the story, like how I got to this mindset shift and post like help and all that, et cetera, et cetera. And people for like two years were like, yeah, when are you going to put up the manifesta- or the mindset mm. video and all that? And I'm like, oh my God, like quit. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. <laughs> and then, you know, I was going through senior year of college and that was its own experiences and just setbacks and all that, just being a senior and applying to jobs and all of that. Um, but I think I kind of came back around like post-grad whenever I was sitting in my apartment one night and just thinking like, this is what I've always wanted. Like this life that I have right now of like, doing my own thing in a big city like this is what I wanted it just took me right back to that moment in the grocery store so I pulled out my mm. phone I just started talking in my voice memos and I was like mm. I'm just gonna post it like I heard about anchor um and I called it gentler because I've always been my like own biggest critic critic and all of that and I was like I just need to be like gentler with myself and just you know mm. even though it doesn't seem like every day I'm making huge strides like look where I am like I'm doing like I'm doing good. Like you know, I'm proud of myself. I just need yes. to to calm down, cool it. Like it's good. Everything is good. Um, and then from there, I think once people, once I noticed that it was getting traction from people. So like like I said, I put up these videos before and they weren't really going anywhere. But for whatever reason, um, in the podcast medium, the same topics were working a lot better. So I was like, okay, maybe I really was onto something a couple of years ago. It just wasn't the right mode, and that's mm. fine. Like sometimes you try things and they don't work. Just tweak it a little bit. Like maybe your YouTube idea will work better as a podcast or vice versa, like mm-hmm. try, try different things. So I noticed it was working. And then I just started thinking like, how can I like, how can I build this to create the life that I want? Um, while also working and talking about something that I love and that I'm passionate about, and it's just kind of grown into what it is now. So mm-hmm. working on eBooks and some, some membership stuff in the near future and all of that, just, I really want self-care one to be accessible, to everyone because I think when we talk about self-care you know we have a very specific image in mind we see like women painting their nails and face masks and bubble baths and I think that all that stuff is all great and fun and you know needed for sure but we also should talk about the ways that self-care can be ugly and like but still necessary you know like sitting down and figuring out your budget making a doctor's appointment for an issue that you've been worried about but maybe embarrassed or maybe just didn't want to face and Mm -hmm. having those hard conversations and setting boundaries with your loved ones and, you know, for whatever fear without any of that. But I think self-care also needs to be about those things. So I really want to make those conversations a lot more commonplace for people. Um, And I want it to be standard. I want everyone to at some point realize that self-care needs to be the main priority um, my goal is to have every action that I do be some form of self-care and I have like different like like a framework that I like to think of it and that I talk about on the podcast and stuff but I want to make sure that everything I'm doing is getting me closer to my ideal self and I want mm-hmm. to help other people do that as well.
0: I love everything that you said there. And I, I align with it a lot with myself as well. And I'm sure you can kind of tell just by our similar mannerism and kind of that long term vision. But I do agree that self care is such a vital tool in our life. And if we figure out the right way to use it and not just in an external way of getting our nails painted, because I love doing that as well, but it does, mm-hmm. it does come more from in the core right like the mindset is part of your self care the way you wake up and your your activity on your phone things like that so i like that it really grew organically in that this was kind of something you always felt aligned to for years and then of course shifted it to your podcast but it also sounds like now you are growing it into you know ebook guides or eBooks in general. And then of course, like a community out of it. So where do you see it in, I guess, two to three years from now, what's your plan, goal, vision, and, uh, not only for
1: Gentler, but also for yourself. Yeah. So I really would love to take Gentler full time. Um, Mm -hmm. hopefully sooner than later, but you know, life happens and I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm working in a pace that I think, um, is best for like my mental health and everything. Um, but I would love to grow Gentler into a larger community of just self-care. Like, you know, that's that's really at the core of what Gentler is. Um, I would love to do, I've, I've always admired, um, I don't know if you know, Shannon B- uh, Boudram, Boudram, I think is her name. Um, okay. She she does like, she's a sexologist. So she does like that whole thing. And, you know, it's not my area, but I love what she's doing with it. Um, she you know has done books and is on Netflix series and YouTube series. And she has like a, a daily show with Quibi and all of that. And so mm-hmm. I would love to make, I think one of the main things about making self-care accessible is putting it in front of people. Mm-hmm. I would love to have like different media, things like that. I studied film in college. I've always wanted to be like both in front of and behind the camera. And so mm-hmm. I would love to, Um, have different shows and and grow the podcast as well um, to not just be gentler, but be like other shows and all that just kind of, because I think self-care is so like, so like broad and wide. Like I would love to just kind of dive in deeper with other things, you know, thinking about like self-care in the form of cooking and the form of financial planning and fitness and all those things that I might not be an expert in, but I can bring Mm -hmm. other people in to help and, you know, still teach and show um, the way through And I just want it to be like this, this huge thing. I want people to be able to come to Gentler and just basically get their life together, but also figure Mm -hmm. out what that means. Right. Because I think we have a lot of like, that's a very loaded term, but figuring out like, what do you want out of life? Okay. Mm -hmm. Now that you've articulated that, we're going to create a plan for you to get that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I just want to be able to be there. I just want to be able to have have the books available for you have the the courses available and the shows and all of that so that you don't feel like you're alone on the journey and that you you know you feel like you're being guided and you also have people to hold you accountable and you have friends that are doing it with you so that's where that community piece really comes in for me
0: Mhm. I love that. And what's your advice for anyone that is currently in your previous shoes, so let's say they're 17 or 18 or maybe in the midst of college and they are feeling an itch to start a project like this for themselves. What's your number one advice?
1: Do it. Like literally just do it. Start mm-hmm. it if it even if it's not like working after a few months or so, just keep going try different things like I said but you know identify what it is that you want and what you like and and just pursue it I wish I had started gentler like earlier even if I didn't have as much to work with and like share and tell at least like I would have been able to see that transition and I Mm would have been able to then like teach people from that space, like, listen to where I was years ago and listen to where I've gotten. This is all because of the concepts and the principles that I'm talking about on the show. And Mm -hmm. that would have added to it even more. So I would tell anyone, just do it. Start like yesterday, please.
0: Yes. Oh, that's good. (laughs) And (laughs) last question. And I ask everyone on this podcast,
1: what fulfills you in life? Oh, I would say... Feeling good. Like that's always my main like goal is just to feel good. I chase the feeling. I don't, I never, I try not to chase like job titles and all that. I think at the core, I just want to feel good. So whatever is presented to me that make, that'll make me feel that way. That's what I'm going after. Just contentment. Like that's what I want. Mm -hmm. And helping oh. others reach that as well. <laughs>
0: oh, I love that. I love <laughs> that. Well, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. I certainly learned so much about you. And I love that we have a very similar, I guess, experience and journey kind of getting to where we are today. So I'm sure we will be in touch um, again in the future, whether yeah. I'm in DC when I'm on the East Coast, or maybe if we both end up in New York one day.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've been like since our conversation before, I've been thinking so heavily about that. And I'm like, oh, Oh my God. Like, is this so, like synchronicities and alignment? Like what's going on?
0: <laughs> oh, that makes me so excited. And I know we talked about it as well. It's amazing how we will meet virtually and have these conversations with people and feel so connected to them. And later on, we just never know. We'll, we'll be mm-hmm. in the same city and that'll be yeah. so incredible. So I know we'll stay in touch. But in the meantime, for those who do want to stay in touch with you as well, where, they, where can they find you? Share all of your social medias and where they can find Gentler Podcast.
1: Yeah. So my personal Instagram is Maya N Fleming and that's M-A-Y-A-N as a nickel, F-L-E-M-I-N-G. The Gentler Instagram is at Pod. Um, the website is www.begentler.com. Um, the podcast is just called Gentler. It's found on any like major like podcasts, like streaming app or whatever, um, Spotify and Apple podcasts for sure. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much where you can find us.
0: Wonderful. And of course, I will have those in the show notes. So if anyone wants to just go there directly, they will be able to click on the link and be able to communicate with you. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you. So that was today's episode with Maya. I hope you found something tangible from this episode and this conversation in general. Again, what I really liked about this is that she's my age and we have clearly found out that we're... On similar paths, and we've had similar experiences in kind of finding our groove uh, going into college and kind of post grad life. And I think that's just a great conversation to hear. I know personally for me, if I was a sophomore or junior in college right now and I was listening to this conversation, it definitely would give me some, you know, hope in a sense, but also just get the juices flowing in terms of, okay. What can my life look like? What can I do today to help build the foundation of where I'm going to go in post-grad life? Because I personally think that is not really discussed enough in terms of how we can really actually find something we thoroughly enjoy doing so um, that's kind of a wrap on this episode if you liked this one please be sure to go ahead and give Maya a follow go check out her podcast at gentler podcast and then also of course as always leave a comment on the podcast Instagram and just our episode um, the feed post because we always love to know what you guys think and if you really learned something from this conversation and if you've been loving the podcast in general I would greatly appreciate it if you would share with me and just leave a review and rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Like I say, every week, it really does mean a lot to me. I notice it every time and you guys have no idea how impactful that is on my day, on my life. And, um... I take critical feedback very well. So don't you worry. Um, It's not gonna hurt my feelings. If you have certain things that you think I could improve on, I'm all about improving and that's how we learn and grow all together. So I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Stay positive, stay strong and I'll catch you guys in the next
1: episode. Bye.